0: G'day guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends this week on the show. How exciting, how cool. have wanted to get this young man, I won't say young man, this man in the studio for a long time, Sam Wood. Uh, I don't think a lot of you might know him from The Bachelor, but bloody hell he's had a massive impact off the screen, which has been incredible to see over the last sort of 12 months. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome, awesome story. He's been through a fair, a fair bit and got so much knowledge. For those interested in, in business or starting something new, this is honestly the podcast for you. It's been so cool to sort of reflect with him on his whole journey and how he's built his brand. 28 by Sam Wood. They got valued at $71 million. $71 million, people. So that is absolutely unbelievable. But he was so open and honest about it too. Like hasn't been a linear journey, has been super up and down, and um, you know, it's been really hard and there's been bits and pieces in there that I had no idea that he'd been through and um, he was so yeah really authentic with the whole chat and the challenges around business and relationships and people and even you know battling in court and those sorts of things that people sort of don't really get to see so spoke a lot about his family being a dad and and the like as well so lots a lot to learn from so much really enjoyed this chat and I hope you will too XX. hi fam it's Dylan's mum Deborah
1: this is Dylan Friend. He gives you a back rub. This is, you know, you're going well, Brian. Oh, i special. Get comfortable and uncomfortable. Just keep showing up and find a way. Cam was so nervous he couldn't swallow water. Handed him a sheet of paper with six names that said, "She, we've got to cut these six blue.
0: Ow, shut up. I've just been barbed by a stingray, mate. I'm just yelling, oh, he saved my life, You saved my life, You saved my life, thank you, thank you. I spent the last, I think it was a couple of weeks, in jail. The deepest, darkest moments often bring about our biggest highs. Wait, we're on. Oh,
1: we're on. We're on. Sammy, welcome. Thanks for having me, mate. mate uh, first have got to gonna,
0: air some dirty laundry. Right. First host to double stand up, me, I think. You do that double <laughs> stand up? Was it a double? <laughs> Don't bring up? that up.
1: It was a stand up and a reschedule. <laughs> stand up oh, and a reschedule. Mate, I feel so shit, Now, you're a, you're a
0: very organized man. You're an incredible businessman. You're a great person. Heard all these incredible things. I know oh. a lot of people that work with you on lots of stuff. Took me a long time to have the courage to reach out and get you oh, on the please. show. And we exchanged emails, you know, you're great with this. One thing that annoys me with people sometimes that it, it doesn't happen is I'm a big calendar invite guy. Yeah. So I'm always sending calendar notes. For, yeah. for me, my schedule has been my life. Like I went to school, played footy, and then I didn't have my calendar. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I need to know. You refuse to accept uh, the invites. I've, You've got to accept the
1: invite. <laughs> this sounds like such a <laughs> bullshit lame excuse. I and you got to own these things. Yeah. I fucked up. I stood you up. I felt shocking about First, I, Like my gut sunk no, when you missed me. be silly. We're, We're not very tech. busy here. You still come here, mate, or what? My <laughs> oh, oh, my God. But my nine-month-old, about two days before our meeting, or our, our podcast <laughs> scheduled, yeah, yeah. threw my laptop on the ground off a little wheelie chair and yep. smashed into a million pieces. So mm. I didn't have a laptop. Okay. And it, sound, it sounds so loud. But for some reason, my phone and my laptop I hadn't synced. you got to do that. And where I'd accepted it on my laptop, it hadn't accepted it into my calendar, and it was still sitting in pending no, invite. I, fe- I forgive you. Don't that's, worry. That's it. my story, and I'm sticking to it.
0: Well, as we we're chatting off air before, um, you're a father of four,
1: four girls, four yeah, four
0: girls. So yeah. we, you know, I'm, I'm pending, and and uh, you were just saying before off air, you're about to head on to Hamish Blake's. But are you, as we going to announce that you're going to be well, on that show soon? I don't know. Well, if well, we, we are. Well, we're doing we are. it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> by the time this comes out, that will probably that's be right. out as well. Yeah. So, can you give me a little maybe snippet? of what you might be talking about on there? Yeah. What's been I've
1: listened to, listen to a few of Hames Epps, and it, I don't know, it's kind of learning how other dads do it because yeah. I'm definitely a believer there's not just one right way. I wasn't one of these parents who read a lot of parenting books or anything like yeah. that. It was very much kind of learn as you go. But, oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of proud of the dad that I am. I feel like I'm really lucky to spend as much time with my kids yeah. as I do. You know, my mum died when I was 15 And I didn't have a terribly good relationship with my dad when she passed away just because he worked so much. So we've kind of built this bond from sort of 15, 16 to now where we're best mates and, you know, I love him to bits. And he sacrificed an enormous amount when mum passed away. But I speak to him a lot about the regrets that he sort of had Mm. about not spending as much time with us when mum was alive and how it sort of took this tragedy to bring us as close as we are. And I guess from a parenting perspective i just don't want to have those same regrets you know i feel like yes i work hard and yes i've got a couple of businesses but i'm my own boss and i'm really lucky in that way and we live in this crazy technology world these days where you can kind of do things on your phone and work from home and i just don't want to miss all that you know i just want to be present with my kids and not miss the important stuff you know they're 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 big and they're little i've got evie who's got a u12 formal this Saturday. And, uh, yeah, she's at core for Grammar there. And, yeah, she's off to the Year 12 formal this Saturday, which is a big – big deal for her and she's super pumped and then three little ones who are five three in nine months so yeah either end of the spectrum but madness
0: isn't it incredible you know i think i suppose just on the reflection of this and don't want to steal hamish Blake's thunder here because it's just more of a reflection (laughs) of my own is sorry hamish is that that's probably what has been a big thing on my mind at the moment and and you have like role models of your your family as well and you know i've been pretty public with um not sure if you're aware of my relationship sort of with my dad is is great really good now but probably he had his own um struggles with with, uh, depression and mental yeah. health and addiction and stuff like that. And, you know, it's taken us to this age now to really have those, a really, really good relationship. And it's not the fact that people are just doing the best they can, like the parents out there. You know, I know he, he gave me so much support and love, but probably there was some things that he regretted. And it's sort of almost in a way a lesson for what I want to be. You know, it's nearly like the best yeah. gift that he could have given me in a way. Yeah, I mean, um, there's
1: a lot. I, I take a lot of the good stuff from dad yeah. too. I mean, he's a hard ass on me and sort of really strong on learning the value of money and having a work ethic Mm. and getting a job. And I'm big on that with Evie, my teenager. I'm definitely going to be big on that with my little girls as they get a bit older because I absolutely think I have achieved some of the things I have achieved because he was like that on me. You know, I remember ringing him. I was at first year uni and I crashed my car and I had no money and – was literally broke, could barely you know I was eating baked beans and cans of tuna for dinner, and working at a gym in Ballarat at five a.m. in the morning, and it was freezing bloody cold. and I was earning about ten bucks an hour, and he's like, I said, Dad, I know you told me when I was eighteen you weren't going to give me any money, but I'm really stuck, and he's like, You'll work it out. If we give you money, you won't work it out, and just hung the phone up on me like he was tough, but it's, it's been so good. And I, you know, I worry that I spoil my girls a little bit yeah. and it, it sort of always sort of reminds me and keeps me in check to not do that because I will regret it. And, it, and it's not about what it is for me. It won't be good for them in the long run.
0: Yeah. It's mate. And I'm sure that you've faced this, uh, this, this not, not dilemma, but this maybe parenting thing. It's, it's like with, with kids, it's, you know, we, I grew up in a, in a family. we weren't um wealthy by any means but never went without my mum and dad just did yeah. whatever i could to, yeah, to do same. what they could I similar. and <clears throat> i think about that now there's sort of like this quote that comes up quite a bit on on i going to say i read a quote to be honest it was on tiktok but it was about <laughs> oh i always fuck it up but it said like my grandfather walked to work yeah. my father drove a ford i drive a mercedes my son will drive a lamborghini his son will walk to work again yeah. and it's that knowledge of like yeah. you know that motion of hard work creates this, but then if you don't instill that, but obviously with your situation and and a lot of people's situation, you know, you've been incredibly worked so hard and and so for Judas and you've done such an incredible job and you've earned what you've, what you've been recently done with your business. Congratulations. But does that, how does that play on your mind going like, fuck? Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great quote. I think yeah, you've just got to keep these things in check. And I mean, I say to my girls, you know, like we're going to pool at home and like, I don't want them to think everyone has a pool at home. You know, like I say to my five-year-old, like, do you realise how lucky we are to be able to swim at home? Yeah. You know, and she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, not everyone has a pool with her And she's like, oh. Like, you can tell she actually sort of resonates with it and thinks about it and goes, oh, that's interesting. Gratitude and, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, we're very, very lucky that we can do swimming after school. And she's like, oh, that's good, you know. Like, just, just, just. That's just one stupid example. Yeah, for sure. Know? But I don't want them to think everybody has a pool at home, or you know, like that. Yeah. You know, that. that or or you know, for example,
0: hundred percent. Yeah. No, I totally agree, mate. Yeah. I totally agree. Um, I'll move on. Sorry, Hamish. That's uh, really cool. that, that's <laughs> this <was> just absolutely <laughs> fucking Save the, the show, rest right? of the show. Go to go and listen to to his show. It's actually incredible. I've listened to a lot of his yeah, stuff, so I'm excited no, to it. hear the, the rest it. of yours. Yeah, through. Um, hey, out. on this as well, am I reading right? You doing a bit of FedFast stuff at the moment? Yeah, I'm fed fasting too.
1: Yeah, good man.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, not, I didn't actually realise there was a fundraiser element it, that is, I fucked this up. This is so. the thing with fast. Yeah.
1: Everyone fasts. Yeah, but no one's officially doing it. Yeah, right. And I remember when when they asked me to be involved and kind of promote it to my 28ers, that they said that's one of the biggest challenges. You know, there's tens of thousands of Aussies doing fast, but only a few thousand of them registering properly mm. and actually, you know, it's it's become this colloquialism that we also were yeah. doing it.
0: It's like doing Movember without donating the money for like yeah. growing the mole and not... Yeah, there.
1: and look, I still think it's a good thing. Yeah. I yeah. think if you're having a month off the booze and it's good for your mental and physical health and it sort of shows you the difference of when you are drinking and when you're not. When, when Snus was pregnant with Charlie, I didn't drink through the whole pregnancy. Mm. And I, I I drink. Like, I, I love having a beer with my mates. Yeah, me too. Love a glass of red. Definitely was a big binge drinker in my sort of teens and 20s. And, you know, it, I, I find... Mentally, more than physically, actually, I, I'm much more positive and energetic, and have a lot more clarity. And it's really good for me. And I just, I just think for anyone out there, if you do think you drink too much, just do it for a month to mm. show you what how how, how it's different. Yeah. And you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But I bet you there are certain things you go, oh, this is actually good for a number of reasons, and I should have these little. Break. I'm not saying don't drink at all, but you know, have these little breaks. Well, it's just it's like that discipline piece, isn't it? So the reason I actually
0: did it, um, funnily enough, was that nothing that you know people might think it was to do with my old man. So it had nothing to do with it. I just yeah. remembered that when I was playing footy back in the day, like I there was always a bit of a excuse for me to be like, oh, I can't drink, got training tomorrow, sort of thing. And then I left, and I don't have that thing that has an excuse anymore. So I just found that I was always just going, oh, I have one, I will have two, I have three, and it was just, I was like, fuck, I just don't have any discipline. Like mm. I, I wanted to have that in me to be like, no you need to just see if you can go without it. Like, yeah. this is the part. So that was a big thing for me. And to be honest, the first week I cooked it and I, I didn't, you know, I already fell victim to having a beer because I, I, I couldn't say no, but it just, yeah. it's like a muscle it just gets a little bit yeah. stronger each time. Yeah, I slipped
1: in some not so good habits during COVID. I, yeah. like, I mean, not usually at work. so by Every time I get home, it's kind of then dinner with the kids. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I reckon during COVID working from home and stuff, I was cracking a beer at like four o'clock in the afternoon because it felt like it was later and it was just you know during the week. Like I was sort of this guy who wouldn't drink during the week because I was exercising a lot and working a lot. I don't know during COVID when all the days sort of blurred into one. I definitely oh yeah. Was a bit I, of don't a like, no, I don't I think you No, I wasn't. I yeah, wasn't. Yeah, but it was interesting how it creeps up on you.
0: Hey, um, take us back to to you, to Sam Wood. Now I think like I, I actually didn't watch The Bachelor. So I've never seen it either, man. and that's not a like that's just more of a I know you from sort of twenty eight by Sam Wood like that's how I I, I referred to to you and I think hopefully you enjoy that like I, I like it when people don't know me as as an yeah. ex player sort of yeah. thing it's sort of a nice thing because it shows that you've been able to do you, it's you've amazing got how long it takes
1: yeah I remember I remember I was on Fitzy and Whipper must have been. Two years after The Bachelor, 28, was really starting to go well and I was, you know, really proud of all this stuff we were doing in the fitness space. And he said to me, Sammy, this uh, this is uh, Fitzy, Ryan Fitzgerald. He goes, 10 years, mate. And I go, what, 10 years what? And he goes, it'll be 10 years before people oh, forget you're brother. on that stupid reality yeah. show and they actually think of you for being being the fitness guy or <laughs> yeah. the business guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. 10 fucking years. I remember at the <laughs> time I Like, you know, not, not that I'm, I've never shied away from the fact that none of, you know, first of all, my beautiful family and snares, but also none of the business stuff would be possible without of going on The Bachelor, but don't necessarily want to be remembered as that guy forever either with, you know, other stuff that I'm super proud of, but... It's uh, I reckon he's about spot on. It's been seven, and it's three <laughs> still more. Pretty strong. Yeah, there
0: you go, three more. Yeah, I
1: reckon tens about right.
0: So, what? How did it start for you? So, you grew up in Tassie. You yep. born in Tassie? Yep. Then moved over to Victoria.
1: Yep. Came to Melbourne when I was twenty. In the uh, fitness
0: industry, working in just as like PT, yeah, PT,
1: and... working in gyms, yeah. uh, doing an exercise science degree after sort of five, six years doing PT and loving it. I was always determined to have my own business. I went out and uh, started a kids' fitness business yeah, called Gecko, yeah. yeah, which was something I was super passionate about, getting kids active, but it was a really hard business to make money with. We, we took an old garage over. We converted into Australia's first ever kids' gym in 2007, had 400 kids enrolled in after-school programs, did birthday parties on the weekends, and it was a really good business as a standalone one-off centre, but then the challenge of trying to scale it either through licensing or franchising was a very expensive lesson learning Mm. five-year exercise where we never really cracked the code. When I sold Gecko for not very much money to one of our franchisees, sort of fast-forwarding 10 years from uh, 2007, I was $900,000 in debt. Uh, from from Gecko, I had a very wealthy business partner slash investor who had lent me the money interest free, um, but I owed him nine hundred grand, and to be honest, that really stressed me out. And if it wasn't for the success of twenty eight, I'd still be paying him back. God, no. Yeah. So was that just big, like how big of a lesson
0: was that for you getting in? Like I, because yeah, that, you're talking about going into sort of the fitness industry because you, you can go into fitness industry and not actually understand the business side of things too. Yeah, like,
1: and I definitely didn't. I mean, uh, no, it's a lot not, of money. D- nowhere near compared to it. Now, I, I was just, I was blindly optimistic and he believed probably 90% in me, 10% in the business, mm. but he really thought Sam's going to pull this off. Like he liked me and he sort of believed in me, I think, more on a personal level. And I'd ask him, you know, like it, it wasn't like he just kept forking out money. Like it got to the point where I really had to sort of convince him and say, look, I just, I think we're really close to a turning point if we just have a bit more money to try a few more things. But it just snowballed out of control, you know, like 400 became 500. Like I, even weirdly, I didn't even quite understand it was at 900 in my head, I don't reckon, until he sort of said to me one day, Sam, you nearly owe me a million dollars. Like, you know, enough's enough. Like yeah. if we don't think this thing's going to pop, I can't just keep funding it. And, you know, I'd said, I'll pay you. If it doesn't work, I'll pay you back every cent. You know, like I was just, I don't know. I think it was pride. I think probably a bit of ego, you know, I, I, I didn't want to admit that it had failed. I didn't want to give up. And it's weird, as much as no one wants to run a business for 10 years and lose a million dollars, it doesn't sound like a very fun exercise because it's not. I don't think the success of 28 would have been anywhere near as good if I hadn't learnt those lessons and made those mistakes and perhaps... Yeah, gone gone through that whole process. I mean it was a whole bunch of things. Of course it was the bachelor, of course I was ten years older. The online digital space is very different. Yeah, I definitely think those those tough lessons and, and that whole exercise in the long run helped help the success. Of Before we up. get
0: into the the part about like coming on the bachelor and building the profile, meeting snares, yeah. those sorts of things, to then snowball the next venture. Yeah. What what do you think initially when you somewhat maybe failed, failed yeah. fast in that uh, with didn't get-go. fail fast. Failed slowly. Oh, yeah, I think
1: that was the problem. You
0: didn't fail yeah, fast, I, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. You I held on too far. long. Yeah, I so did. So what yeah. were those, the big lessons you learned from that that you knew when you go, okay, the next thing I do, fuck, these are the things that... And that often, sorry, I'm just so interested in the story, but often there's not one thing, is it? And, they, and you don't fail once, you fail 15 times. Yeah. And it's not like one after the other or...
1: I think, you know, I, I, we'd have, we'd have, and it sounds silly, I call them gecko board meetings, but I'd, I'd sort of collate, when things weren't going as well and we're sort of scratching our head to how to get the model right, I sort of put together this little team of people that were either ex-clients of successful business people who were clients of mine at the, at the gym or friends that worked in, you know, different areas of sort of consulting and that kind of stuff that I thought could be really valuable. And I remember this one guy, Glenn, who's Really good guy, I trained his wife and his kids, and he, he was a really good business person. And he said to me once, I remember it like it was yesterday, I reckon we were 600 grand in debt. And he goes, Sammy, I don't want to piss on your barbecue, but this is fucked. And then, yeah, you know, next thing I've got his wife ringing me up, apologising for Glenn being so direct. And, and, like, he was spot on. He looks at a business by the numbers and he's like, mate, I just can't see any way that this is ever going to make money like particularly the way you think it's going to be mm. in your pie-in-the-sky <laughs> yeah. dream world that you're living in. And I still wouldn't listen to him, you know. I was like, that almost made me more determined to prove him wrong. Like it was just <laughs> just dumb. But, I mean, there were some other valuable lessons, like definitely trying to do everything myself, mm. not delegating enough. I feel, I feel like too, like I probably knew that the model didn't work in two years and yet I persisted with it for five. And I think the big lesson there That I've carried into other business ventures is like you say, learn fast and then and then pivot accordingly rather than just bang your head against a brick wall when something is clearly not gonna work straight away. You know, like don't waste any more time, energy, resources, money on something that it's not there. And conversely, when it pops, go hard at it. You know, like the thing with 28 was it just it just went. And it was like, right. You know, like let's not die wondering. Let's see what this can be and, you know, continue that we just poured every bit of revenue back into it to see how big it could get and, you know, built a great, you know, not just in marketing but in mm. building out this team uh, of making sure that, you know, there were people that were experts in areas that I definitely wasn't and I and I, I definitely think whether it was conscious or subconscious, they were sort of things that I was determined determined to, that I had learned through the Gecko experience, that I was determined to not make the same mistakes, or if I did find something that I'd hoped had happened with Gecko, that I I didn't, uh, I don't know, lose the opportunity. I, d- I didn't sort of go, oh yeah, I wasn't timid. It was like, let's see how big this thing can get.
0: So your 900K in debt yeah. is 28 by Sam. Is that on the way? Is yeah, it the so bachelor first or did that come after? Like What nah, was the timeline so I still like?
1: had Gecko and I had my gym, the woodshed. Yep when I went on The Bachelor.
0: And you're still in debt at this stage? Or
1: you're paying yeah, starting to pay nah, back the debt? Nah, or I was, I was in debt. No, I wasn't paying anything off. Yep. In fact, the debt was probably, the hole was probably just getting deeper. Yeah. I had gone on The Bachelor genuinely hoping to meet someone, mm-hmm. but I'm like, oh, there's 20 girls on it. Probably not one of those 20 is going to be the girl I spend the rest of my life with. However, I think it'll be a really good, Crazy life experience. It was weird. I never really wanted to go on The Bachelor. And then when I got told it's yours if you want it, I had this sinking feeling that if I don't do it, I'll always wonder Great. what and mm-hmm. I'll regret it. How did so, that go?
0: Did you apply? Uh, or did you get headhunted? Like, how yeah, did it Yeah, no, work?
1: I applied yeah. based on a client of the gym insisting that I apply. I'd yeah, well, never yeah. seen the show before. And, but I hadn't seen an episode before I shot my first episode. In fact, I hadn't watched an episode until me and my mates, who ripped the piss out of me <laughs> very hard, watched the first episode. <laughs> so it was it was a strange experience. But I remember um, the producer of the show said to me, now, I just heard you've never seen the show. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And he goes, mate, do you know what you're getting yourself into? I was like, this thing's a behemoth. And I'm like, yeah, probably not. And you could tell he was like, part of that worries me part of it I like because he doesn't have this sort of preconceived plan or these preconceived yeah. ideas and he's probably just going to go with the flow and that's sort of how it panned out he said we'll shoot the first night and if it's an absolute train wreck I might have for you to go away and watch some episodes so you just understand what this show is all about and the first episode according to him was great because i was just this goofy bloke going yeah. oh, what the fuck's going on <laughs> as 20 girls walked down the driveway and met me and he loved it because i wasn't i was just being myself and yeah and then i mean look with the with these reality shows they either want a love story or a train wreck and when i met Snez, they were like this is awesome because you could just see that it was legit and the two of us really clicked and let's see where this goes that's awesome yeah. did
0: you with that as well like i can imagine from Going in and meeting someone, you, you probably have a very good idea, but you've got to prolong the series out. Obviously, like you can't just yeah. go. Yeah, that's the, No, that, I mean, that
1: was the hardest. Was that thing? the hard part? Yeah, yeah, that was really uncomfortable in bits. And they do these weird things because they don't want Snares to think that, like, to think that it's a done deal yeah. either. So they'd continually plant seeds of oh, Doubt Yeah, might have been a good date with you, but apparently you had a great date with so and so yesterday. And like, if any time that she got confidence, and she's not, she wasn't getting overconfident, yeah. but she could tell that when we spent time with each other it was pretty amazing. But they were just worried like, Oh, we can't have that. Were you allowed to
0: text in between or nothing, mate. They
1: pull you apart. Yeah. They wouldn't you weren't allowed to even see each other unless you were mic'd up. Wow. So the second a date is over, boom. They pull you apart and off you go to your separate quarters and off she'd go back to the, back to the mansion with all the other girls. Unbelievable. Before we move on, because I know there will be some Bachelor <laughs> definitely some people
0: out <laughs> there, nostalgia. Is there a funny memory that stands out the most to you on the show or just like a tidbit that the that, that, that diehards would love to know about behind the scenes with Snares or yourself or anything?
1: Uh, Does anything stand out to you? Uh, there was one moment where, because it is so like this, it was probably down to five or six girls left and Snez and I had this bathtub scene that never even made the cut to the show and the sound guy, battery went flat and so he had to go and get a new battery and he sort of naively left us alone with no microphone (laughs) for the first time ever. So I'd known Snez for 12 weeks and not once had we had a second without a camera or microphone on and he left and you could hear... Hey, who's with them? Who's with them? And I reckon I had maybe 10 seconds with Snez before yeah. I could hear this guy Run flying in. back down the stairs to this sort of like romantic bathroom setup. And I looked Snez in the eye and squeezed her hand and said, You got nothing to worry about. And then, boom, this guy came barging wow. through the door. And she sort of looked at me with this wry <laughs> smile. No one had known that we'd had this moment because for the first time ever, there were no mics on. And again, they were still telling her. Don't get overconfident. Don't, you know, so I'm sure there was still some seed of doubt that has oh, yeah. he just said that and he said other stuff, but but it was a really nice little moment that we had because I was really starting to care about her and I wanted to sort of reassure her if I could. Oh, yeah.
0: Fantastic. That's beautiful. Absolutely stunning. Moving on. So you finish up off the, batch, yeah, finished you, the bachelor? Yeah, finish the bachelor.
1: What a bloody crazy experience. Was it, it was- even
0: crazier post? Because I can imagine yeah. like the,
1: you know, uh, the fascination
0: the f- and stuff with everything. Yeah. So your life,
1: the actual filming experience is just incredibly gruelling. Yeah. You know, six hours a day, 15 hours a day, six, six days a week, 15 hours a day. Because you're going off on all these, you know, location dates where you've got to do sunrise shoots and sunset cocktail parties and so it's really intense and then on Sundays you do PR for all the different magazines that kind of stuff to pump up the show for when it all came out and so that was that was just really challenging because you lose your independence you've got minders 24 7 they won't even let you get out of the car to get a cup of coffee it's a really sort of like fishbowl environment that I hate because I'm a pretty independent person but I understood it was part of the process. But then, yeah, the the day it all goes live, like even when I Mm. got back, my life was relatively normal for about two weeks because the ads hadn't started coming out yet. It was, you know, I had to lie to my receptionist at the gym because you're not allowed to tell anyone. You know, I got told, yep, Sam, you're it if you want it, but you're going to have to move up to Sydney for... 15 weeks and you've got to be up here in 10 days and you can't tell a soul where you're going. I'm like, well, it's easier said than done when you've got a gym and a franchise business, all this kind of stuff. So I told Ruby, I said, I've decided to do a business course in America or something stupid. She's like, oh yeah, when? I said, got to leave in nine days. She's like, what the hell? She thought I was completely irresponsible
0: hello my beautiful friends and family guess what i am back i am back third time lucky my third time drafted in my life i'll be making a return to footy as a part of the carlton draft along with some big household names not as big as my name but uh some quite big names isaac smith trent Cotchin, maddie lloyd lee montagna some of the all-time greats of our game as i've just mentioned one lucky victorian women's community club will get the chance to draft the AFLW GOAT Aaron Phillips to play as a wild card. How bloody good is that? If you're a part of women's community footy and you are keen to get Aaron down, enter now at the thecarlndraft.com.au. That's the au. 18 plus, drink responsibly. G'day guys, Dill here. This should not come as a surprise to anyone given he's one of the biggest and best sports broadcasts in Australia, but Brian Taylor's podcast. Life of Brian is absolutely flying at the moment. Recently, he's had on James Brayshaw, Tony Jones, his nephew and Sydney midfielder James Rowbottom, and even horse-teeth Tommy Sheridan. Life of Brian is not just about the guests. It also provides a great insight behind the scenes of the football media and BT's life away from the mic. He's a very, very, very quirky man. Who would have thought picking up sticks is so important? The show is hosted by his son Harrison and it's fair to say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because Harrison gives Brian a run for his money. Life of Brian is a clubby sports podcast and it should be in your rotation. Illy
1: And then, yeah, I think it leaked out in the media about halfway through the filming, the paparazzi had caught a photo of me and done some you know, digging to who it was. And uh, I didn't have a phone at the time because they take your phone away phone from you as well, which again feels really weird because you're so disconnected to your, your life, but they don't want you Googling yourself and all this kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, but afterwards it was nuts. Like paparazzi camped outside my house 24-7. I, I, I not think we had that in Australia, hey? Until no, we no. Look no. At like- They're outside my gym all the time. You're on every bus, tram, billboard, TV ad. Like you literally go from complete obscurity to one of the most recognisable mm. men in the country in about four days. And it's mental. All right. Your phone's just blowing up. Like what the fuck is going on? Is this you? Is this true? Is this really happening? Oh, my God, how did you keep this a secret? And it's a real process because you then can't, there was like a, three-month period from when The Bachelor was first advertised and everyone's promoting Sam Wood is the new Bachelor to when the finale airs and you and SNES can finally tell people. So they would fly SNES from Perth and me from Melbourne on separate days to a rendezvous point in a tinted car. Like it was just ludicrous. It was like something out of bloody... A Bourne movie to get you to spend 24 hours together and then ship you back and the, the <laughs> paparazzi pay off the airlines to f- be at the airport when you're arriving. Like there's all this stuff that I was just like, as if that's... that's I was I like you, yeah. like, as if this stuff happens in Australia. It's not Hollywood. They are so determined. I had a paparazzi guy offer me a hundred grand if I told him who the winner was. You are kidding Yeah, yeah, which... It was a lot of money. <laughs> that is a lot would have helped the
0: 900. Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what do you I mean? Yeah. No. <laughs> a nice little dent in my headache.
1: But, uh, yeah, so then 28, 28 launched sort of six months after the show. Yeah. so
0: just on that as well, like with that sort of, you can look at it both ways. You can you can go, this is a situation that's dealt at the moment, okay? Obviously we're here. We're a, one of the most recognizable couples in, the, in Australia right now and you can use the leverage off that. To then do other things—is that what the mindset was? Like I'd be lying as well if I said like with with footy, like I've used that leverage as much as some parts of it I didn't enjoy. I've had to the the leverage has got me to where I am now, and it's had to you know go into that a little bit.
1: So I'd always looked at the online programs like Michelle Bridges and Kayla, and gone, it's amazing the reach they have. But this
0: was early too, because this wasn't like this is online programs probably wasn't a thing. No,
1: they were the only two. Yeah. So they were the, you know, and Michelle Bridges was a, not even an app, it was a website, and hers was very different. Kayla's had just evolved, I think, from a ebook that, you yeah. know, girls all over the world were printing out and taking to the gym with them to some kind of, you know, digital version. And to answer your question, I'd I'd of course thought, you know, probably thinking way too small retrospectively, Oh and if I don't meet someone it'll be good for my profile and it'll be good for Gecko. That was sort of the initial thinking. Then as you realize the scale of it, I sort of started to think I'm I'm thinking too small. Like of course it could help Gecko, but my personal profile is way bigger than I ever thought it could be would be from this show. I should do something more about me. And, or, you know, more of an extension of mm-hmm. me, you know, like the, the, you say, what lessons did you learn? I mean, the lesson with Gecko that I did learn was I couldn't clone myself, you know, like every time we'd open a franchise, unless it was me taking the classes or unless I was there to keep the quality control at a particular level. It just wasn't the same experience that these kids were getting, unfortunately. Whereas the Hampton one that we opened had 400 kids, you know, within the first few months. So, you know, then that's what they sort of say, you can't clone yourself. So if it's scalable, you've got to have all the systems in place that allow you to scale it out and, you know, the experience doesn't change, you know, the McDonald's model, all that kind of stuff. The beauty of technology meant that through an app, I kind of could clone myself Mm. because it could be me on people's phones, iPads, or laptops in their living rooms, training every day. And whether it was a hundred people or a hundred thousand people didn't really change. So that was the, one of those big sort of light bulb moments for me. And of course I still didn't really get it. I'm not a tech guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a people guy and a fitness guy. You know, i I understand what our tech does, but I don't code or anything like that. And yeah, we we launched on the first of Feb in 2016, the 28 program, just as a website, and we had 5,000 subscribers in 40 days, at 50 bucks a month. And then it was like, whoa, we got something special here. And it was daily videos from me every day, um, you know. What can we do to give them more great nutrition content, more mindfulness content, more exercise content? I mean, I look back now at the product, the branding—it was pretty crappy back then. I mean, I was proud of it in the moment, but I look back seven years later and go, "God, we've come a long way." But uh, yeah, that was that was the first like rush of excitement that wow, this this whole scalable tech thing is so exciting and the feedback I was getting from hundreds of Aussies saying, I love your program. I did your workout this morning. I love this recipe. It was just addictive. I loved every second of it.
0: I'm trying to listen, think of a question and also do a sum in my head of what that is. So 50 times, is that 250 grand a month?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we sort of shot to, so we never had to borrow money. When I say we, it was me. It was you know we ne- never had to borrow money. Could could just tip every cent back. You know I didn't pull into, any money out. Yeah. It's not like I went off and bought myself a sports car or anything stupid. Yeah. It was very much you know I was working out of the gym and we had some tech guys working out of a little office in South Yarra and it was a bit of a mishmash of content and tech sort of coming, coming together. together. But yeah, as it started to get bigger, you know, it was interesting. Like we were discovering who's our customer. Like, cause we'd created an Who I-
0: is it? Yeah. Like what, what is your biggest customer?
1: Well, our customer is and always has been females aged late twenties to early fifties. Lots of, and lots of mums within yep. that. And it was funny. That's not necessarily who we'd Aim to create 28 4, but it's 28 minute workouts, so they're under half an hour. You can do them from home. Um, and we've got a wonderful nutrition recipe component and it's just who fell in love with it. They're like, I don't like the gym, it's too intimidating for me, or I've got kids, how on earth do I get to the gym? It's just logistically too hard or whatever it might be. So, yeah, once we learned who our audience was, we that, that's when we embraced that. We didn't then try to be everything to everybody yeah. and go, well, how do we get more men on the program? How do we get more young, young girls on the program? We loved that that was our spot and it's, and it's kind of funny. These businesses often... Grow as you do, you know. Like now, as I've become a dad to three young girls, I can relate so much better to our direct customer, and I think that's really powerful. And you know, they adore SNES and you know, it's it's it really is community. It is, yeah. And we, I mean, we call it the twenty-eight family because it really is that, and it's an extension of almost our personal family. We let them totally into our lives. Mm. You know, I mean, they everyone sort of wanted to be in in our lives anyway after the show and through social media. So we're like, well, why not give the 28 family an even better look as sort of part of the whole experience. And it's just really helped us con- connect on a deeper level with these people because getting in shape is such an emotional thing. It's it not is. it's not just counting calories or getting steps up or doing a workout. It's, you know, if you don't have the right sort of mindset or emotional attachment to it, it doesn't typically last very long. So we, uh, you know, we try to connect with them on every level.
0: Was it to get to where it is now, and again, it feels in Australia, I feel like we're not as used to maybe talking financials or, yeah. or as comfortable no, no, with it. Like, really and It, it yeah. even feels, you know, intrusive for me to say this, but like $71 million, the company was bought a percentage for, is that right?
1: Uh, so the valuation Should was seventy one, and it was a merger. A merger. It's never, I mean. Of course. Know, that, according to Daily Mail, I've got $71 million in my bank account yes. and I can categorically do that. <laughs> yeah, Unfortunately, not the case. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was a huge... Proud moment proud. when your business gets valued at that, and then we're, we're now working with the company that. Merged, we, nothing's changed. I mean, we we still work ninety percent of our time on just building out the twenty eight program, and then ten percent of our time looking at other ways we can uh, sort at of verticals. integrate. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: I'm assuming uh, if I know anything about business, which I, I really don't, I'm just making it up on the spot. But I think something honest. I've learned is that a lot of growth isn't linear. There's, yeah. you know, you spoke about your first month doing really well, but I'm sure that there's that trajectory wasn't always that steep. Was yeah. there other, any other challenging things? You have oh, to mate, face I'm so through? glad
1: you said that actually, because it must sound like this guy just hit a home run and seven years later nothing changed. We, mate, we had, we've had so many ups and downs and, you know, we've had moments where the whole thing felt like, it felt like the ride might be over, it felt like we we're going to start going backwards, um... It, so many things have changed in that seven years. You know, when we when we first launched, Facebook was a completely different beast to what it is now. I remember, you know, we used to spend 100 grand a month on digital marketing and get a new customer for 20 bucks. And it was just like, oh, how good's this? And you kind of have in your head, this will never end. I mean, now it costs us about $250 to get a customer on mm. Facebook. It's a whole different beast. So we had, yeah, we had many ups and downs, many times where we thought, This is amazing, and then we'd hit a wall and we'd plateau. Um, Obviously, our operating costs were continually going up as we build a team out, as our advertising costs went up. So that puts a lot more pressure on you to continually grow your subscription base. And you know, there's we were getting. You said when we started, there was sort of three of us. There's now three thousand. So how you distinguish yourself in such a Crowded marketplace now is really hard because everyone says the same thing. I mean, I'm super proud of what 28 does. I think we've absolutely got the best product out there. It's comprehensive in far as workouts and nutrition, but they all say the same thing. So, workouts and eating plan. It's so, like, well, that can be a PDF or that can be 3,000 recipes and three, you know, it can be a, a far different experience. But there's going to be copycats. There's going to be new players coming into the game. You've just got to not get too, I think. I, I think it's an easy trap to fall into worrying about what all your competitors are doing and forgetting that you're probably where you are because you were one of the first and mm-hmm. to keep your head ab- above everybody else you should just trust your instincts and trust your gut and and try and be a leader rather than a follower we've sort of always you know it would probably there was probably a six month period there we got sucked into being a bit obsessed with what all our competitors were doing and then we've sort of stopped doing that now and we're more worried about what we're doing and if they copy or follow so be it but we're going to be always coming up with the next thing. But yeah, man, there were really tough times. You know, I don't want to mention names or anything, but we had, because it was just me as the founder, I don't know, I never called myself the CEO, but I was effectively doing that early days. And I am the first to say I'm not a, probably a CEO in, in a lot of ways. And, you know, there, I was out of my depth. And so I got I got help from these um, from these guys at one point in time, and that it was really interesting. We, I know you have guys that are interested guys and girls that are interested in business that listen to your podcast. Definitely, and, a lot of people. And so we, I've got to be careful. what I say I don't, I don't want to air my dirty laundry. No, on your of, podcast, course, of course, but it, it was a really valuable lesson. I had these two guys who saw how well Twenty Eight was doing, and they were, one of them was a very close friend of mine, he'd been a bit of a business mentor to me, and he came on board and agreed to help out, and we had discussed him getting a profit share for his mentorship and sort of, you know, business advice. He had another business partner that he said, oh, typically when we do things, we do them as a duo, do you mind if he comes on board too? I said, no, that, that's okay, two heads is better than one. And it wasn't until, like everything was going fine for six months. They were really helpful. And then we, I don't know, something happened where it was advised to us that we meet with some business advisors, which you'd never but done before. That's not really my go. It's kind of like, let's just keep doing what we're doing. I love coming to work every day. But it was advised to me, you should speak to some business advisors, not to sell your business, but just to um, make sure you're running it the right way. You know, are you, are you, should you be running it for profit or revenue or, you know, what? what's going to be the, the best outcome long term? I mean, when it's your baby, even the suggestion of selling your business almost makes you feel sick in the stomach. <laughs> You're like, it's like, what do you mean sell my business? I'm never selling my business. Yeah. I love my business. But the advice is sound. You know, you should know how your business is probably going to be valued if you are ever to get an exit and we were sitting in this room with these advisors and they were kind of saying, hey, you've got a very valuable business here. You know, they're throwing figures around, I think, of about $25 million and I didn't think my business was worth $25 million. I thought my business might be worth $5 million. I didn't know. It's very naive about this stuff. You know, I've come from a personal training background, not a business background and it changed something in the air in the room. It was this weird feeling where... It's like the two guys that had been helping me were really concerned that I'd heard this number and now they were going to be like, "Oh, oh, he knows about the golden egg that he's sitting on. Fuck." Anyway, I could I could feel something had shifted, and so I sort of instigated. I said, "Oh, we should talk about uh they're like, "Oh, we you know, you've, you know, well, we agreed that, you know, you would give us equity in the business. I said, we've never agreed to that. We agreed that you would have profit share. Anyway, I had to take these guys to court, get rid of them, spend a million and a half dollars to get rid of them um, because they their version of events, which was absolutely untrue, was that I had promised them equity when the agreement was always profit share for their work mm-hmm. in return for the work they were doing. So that was the most horrendous Six stressful. months, oh. maybe twelve months. Not, I mean, the worst thing was it was distracting me from running the business that I loved. Anyway, I mean, that was a horrific time. Very expensive, very stressful, emotional. Uh, it takes yeah, a huge yeah, time. Yeah, very draining. Young family happening at the same time. I felt very alone because they'd kind of been the people that had been able to bounce ideas off, and they'd gone from that from that to the actual cause of the problem, it was horrible. But, um, what it did sort of do is make, you know, make me think if I ever have someone else involved, I mean, what a learning, like, you know, first of all, we will be crystal clear on what the arrangement is in writing from day one. And second of all, it will have, it has to be someone that I trust because I'd been bitten and for the first time in my life was a bit bitter and a bit cynical and I hated that I was becoming that because it's not typically who I am. I'm quite a sort of trusting person. Anyway, Jacko, David Jackson, who's now my business partner and CEO of the business, came on board after that And, uh, and we then helped, you know, again, I don't want to make it seem like it was all, all bloody rainbows and butterflies from then on because it wasn't, but we, we then grew the business and beyond that point, once, once we got that headache, you know, in our rear vision mirror and he's the best bloke to work with ever. He's, I went to school with him, went to high school with him. He's been one of my best mates since I was 13. He's, Crazy smart, super hardworking, good mates with Nick Crocker, ex-PWC, super great guy and is, uh, yeah, just the best bloke to build a business with ever. And so we were building a really good business and then COVID happened and everyone had to train at home. And twenty eight's all about training at home and our business nearly doubled in six months. So I know how hard COVID was for so many people so I was really conscious particularly in the moment to never say COVID was a good thing because of course it wasn't but we were one of the really lucky ones who benefited from COVID we were just yeah it's a bit of luck obviously but we also had a wonderful product and we're really well positioned and we did a couple of really smart things that Again, it was lucky. It wasn't strategic. You know, I started... We we said we'd do free live workouts Mm. at the start of lockdown. And I sort of, you know, I had Charlie who was one and Willow who was three and Evie who would have been 15... And we were every morning getting up at 7am and Snez and I were doing a free live workout and we said, we'll do this to the end of lockdown, Thing lockdown was going to go for four weeks and it went for 10 months. So for 10 months of our life, Monday to Friday, 7am with two young kids throwing cornflakes at the wall and it was an absolute shit show. We would take a live 30-minute workout, and I think 2.5 million Aussies ended up training with us for free over that period. And it was just one of those things. like We gave something to everybody when they really needed it, and I think it helped build a lot of trust and a lot of brand awareness and a lot of, um, you know, kind of – I don't know, I don't know what you call it, but the amount of people that still stop me in the streets and go, mate, I did your free workouts during COVID, what a champion, they saved me or I did your free workouts and that's the way I discovered your program. I've now been a member for three years since then. So, yeah, there was a number of magic things that kind of happened during that period that really helped us go to another level and, um, and yeah, then we were fortunate enough to, yeah, get that valuation kind of at the tail end of that period. It, for me it comes
0: back to what you said earlier about there's this optimism to yourself and a lot of successful people like you that just see that nearly the blindness in a positivity no matter what happens and yeah. to look to go into COVID and to actually get a better situation out of it than not is is incredible. Like I, I like to think that we tried to do that as well. Yeah, we, no, we we I reckon podcasted you did. Yeah. through the whole thing and there was a time where we were like, fuck, we've got to stop, but we just said, no, nah, we've got to go, we've just gotta keep going and yeah. we the the growth of financially or anything wasn't there but it was just that being there for people the community and how much it helped yeah. through that time was was
1: huge and people, it, people remember people the, people get it like yeah. I reckon when you're trying to sell something people are smart I mm. reckon you can't underestimate how savvy 100%. they are you can't like as soon as you're trying to sell them something they change their yeah. you know relationship with you when well, they say you're a good person just trying to do good things they support you financially and in every other way. You know, they tell their friends about you that, you know, and I think, I think people realise we were just a family or a small business, absolutely trying to do the right thing. I mean, some people say to me, oh, do you get a bit uncomfortable because of the side of your business? I'm like, we're not selling crack on the corners, yeah. you know, like we're helping people well, get into yeah. shape. Like yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't feel guilty that I'm doing something that's hurting people. Like I'm super proud that every day i get 20 messages in my inbox saying sam you've changed my life or i've finally signed up to do a fun run or
0: awesome.
1: my daughter's losing weight you know like it's something i'm super proud of you know they like it have. all comes from the right place it just has happened to become a really successful business which i'm proud of too but that was never really the intent i didn't create 28 to build a business, I never in my wildest dreams thought it would be this big.
0: Two questions. I've got two. I don't want to forget them because I'm going to say them back to back. because They're (laughs) they're good points. One is I
1: want to talk about quickly around
0: um, your business partner now and like how important it is to have people that you work with. Because I saw a quote recently, and this actually wasn't on TikTok, it was on Instagram. so It's a little bit more credible. (laughs) But it talked about the people you spend your life with. And I've mentioned this before, but it's like family, friends, and this, this scale over your life of what it is. And people don't understand, I didn't tell us all this, but you spend people who you work with is over like 80% or 70% of your yeah, life. Right. It's way yeah. more than even your family. So how important to get that dynamic is, is is vital and be, you know, having like the strengths and weaknesses. And I think, you know, at where I am now, it's not about um, so much the fight, but it's just being somewhere where I'm so happy to work with the people that I am is, is super important. And I know that not everyone has that luxury yet, but it's something that to strive for, I suppose, in that space, if that's where you want to be. And the second thing, that I don't even know what the fuck this means, but it's something that's coming up at the moment that I found a lot on the business side of stuff is everyone that keeps saying, oh, you know, be careful, guys, we're going into a recession at the end of the year. Mm. And it sort of made me go, well, you know, I don't know, a little bit like yourself, I go into things a little bit blindly and go, let's just give it a crack and see what happens. But I feel like going into this recession, I don't want to be guarded by that and mm. make in those decisions of cutting. It's just like, no, we've got to go and I think... If we can do it well and pivot to whatever it needs to be,
1: we can get through, and it actually can be a benefit. Hundred percent. I think. I mean, you don't know what these things are going to be. I mean, everyone's an expert, mm. but I think if you start listening to them and changing who you are, that's where you lose the magic. You know, I. I mean, I know I'm answering your second question first, but. Also, I think you have to absolutely be sensitive to other people's economic situation and, and never lose sight of that. But you still need to just keep doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I don't think what you're doing or what I'm doing should change. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it fundamentally should be, you know, foot on the gas the whole way. And then regarding surrounding yourself with the right people, mate, it's been the, the biggest thing for me. Just I was wearing so many hats. I was trying to be an expert in areas that I really was out of my depth, um, I was being terribly inefficient by, you know, having to do all the sort of corporate, legal, you know, contractual side of things, it's missing not podcasts. my forte. Yeah, missing <laughs> <laughs> missing podcast, I was glad that came up again, it'll probably come up one more time, I'm sure. But like, that, that was not, one, it's not what I was good at, one, it's not what I enjoyed doing. And, and two, it was taking away from my ability to create new content, connect with my members, do my marketing and PR stuff for the business, which I love. Yeah. Like that's not work. That's bouncing out of bed every day. And, you know, when you start to feel overwhelmed, and look, it, the hardest thing is you've got to, you sort of got to double down because it's very cost effective to try and do everything yourself. Yeah. But you've really got to believe that this is going to get big. I mean, and part of the business advice for us was your business is likely to be valued when that day comes on a multiple of revenue rather than a multiple of profit. So stop taking money out of the business and worrying about your overheads and just almost double down or triple down on what you're spending on growing this business. And that was so freeing because we didn't really know. And, you know, I had a $900,000 debt. I didn't, I had a massive mortgage. So I wanted to take some money out of the business purely to de-stress and and give my family some security, but then when experts that you trust sort of tell you that and say, look, you will get a lot less money every month or every year, but in the long run you'll be far better off. One, it was was good to get that advice because you believed it was true, but two, it was just so freeing with how we ran the business, you know, making sure – and I went from a team of 12 with lots of stuff outsourced by agency to kind of keep our, you know, keep the budget under control and keep, you know, have everyone on these retainers, which was a headache to manage, to bringing everything in house. And, you know, a team of sort of 30 people. And when you can come to work, and I'm old school, I'm not good on tech, like I have sort of struggled Running the business anywhere near as well during COVID because I'm a much better face-to-face person. Everyone was working from home. I hate the, all these mm. Zoom meetings and all these you know tech platforms where your meetings are scheduled and the, you know email chains are all running through. I'm much better like in the boardroom, old school with the whiteboard out, like bouncing ideas off each other. So it was kind of let, let's build that team. Let's not get bogged down. And just letting go, like letting go of being a control freak, I think, was the big lesson. Like I, I felt like, okay, that's not my forte, but I still need to be in that meeting. And it's like, why am I in this meeting? I don't need to be in this meeting. And eventually you can got to let go and it's amazing how, how freeing and how much more you enjoy work, but also how much better the business did, you know, without Sam there. Watching over everybody, shoulder when he didn't need to be there at all, and, and yeah, everyone told me retrospectively they used to get pissed at the Christmas party and say, "Mate, it's been so much better on those meetings since you stopped rocking up in September." I'm like, yeah, fair call. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, they were right. Yeah, I get that one very quickly. Don't,
0: <laughs> don't um, no, it's awesome, mate. You've done such an incredible job with with everything. Um, Thanks. Mate. Super, I can't wait to. Can you share the news about what's coming at the moment, or you, can yeah, we hold off? Not on yeah, that. yeah, yeah. But yeah I mean, yeah. you
1: said you said these sort of vertical opportunities, and now how do we, yeah, how do we use our beautiful community to give, you know, and, and again, these are not our ideas. This is what our community They're has asking been asking for. for yeah. And now we're finally in a position that we can give it to them. And I'm super excited about what we can bring them yeah. over the next well, what's, what's your space? six months for sure.
0: Um. Lastly, just want to talk about, you know, you're in the podcast world as well.
1: Yes. Talk us no, through. No, I'm, I'm with the king and no, I, uh, I'm i a little bit embarrassed talk us, by that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, talk us through the pod. What's it about? What's the, some favorite sort of episodes If people? Yeah, so shooting?
1: ours are very short. Actually, it's funny. I wish I had longer. I like that yours are so long. We, as do, really the two, feel... we do two too.
0: Like, so yeah. we we'll go like one, I think the long form stuff I love doing just because personally, I just love having conversations. Like I, I forget sometimes that we're actually recording and I'm just learning from yeah. something that I'm talking to. yeah. And then the other ones we do is a bit more of an inform like a bit of a catch up time specific, just a, sorry, time relevancy. And it's just like what we're doing in the business, who's coming up, reviewing the shows, what else we're doing, it's like harnessing probably our community going, Oh, hey, we've got a golf day coming up, we've got a live show coming up and yeah. th- it's like a newsletter in a podcast nearly. So that's the way we sort of Yeah, separate I mean the I've two. heard it. The way you yeah.
1: talk to your listeners. Like you, everyone feels like your mate. Okay. You know, I've never met you before. Sam but hates I feel me, like mate. Yeah, yeah well there you go. Sam yeah, <laughs> Sam's sitting in the producer corner. Sam, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But my podcast called the Wood Life. It's it's not fitness specific. It's you know anything that could sort of improve your mental or physical well being, or sort of dispelling myths. Or you know, we've spoken to Wim Hof about ice bars. Wow. Or yeah, so he's coming some, to Australia soon. I think yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a show he, in Sydney. He's or something a cracker like that. actually. Yeah. So. Whether it's mental health experts, nutrition experts, talking about, you know, saunas or fasting or whatever, you know, whatever sort of... The, the fitness world is such a conflicting, confusing one, particularly nutrition, actually. Oh, you know, mate. what's right, what's not right, what was right last year is no longer the fad. Very it clever gives me marketing. anxiety. Yeah. Because
0: like, like, I, I follow a lot of bit like obviously yourself, I follow... Um, I follow plant-based stuff because yep. I, I eat a lot of um, plant-based food, and then yeah. I follow Simon. Like, it's, uh, Simon. Simon. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's awesome. awesome. Yeah, um, and I follow like Huberman, and like anything yeah. in that yeah. Yeah. world awesome. is just like yeah. people just fucking attack each no. other. It's like, and well, the reason
1: they're good is they cut through the bullshit. Yeah, you know, like there's so many people out there just being sold the wrong stuff, mm. or they're so confused that they're almost they do nothing because they don't know what's right, and so. I just, I like that I've got this platform where I can help people, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, we get our listeners to r- ring in with voice yeah, questions and we, you know, respond to their questions and we have a different guest every week. Um, and Three
0: favourite uh, learnings from guests? Have you got any that stand out to you? Like the things that you just had on you? like, fuck, that was... Really oh, great.
1: mate, the ice bath one was a game changer for yeah. me because I didn't do it. I knew who Wim Hof was and yeah. I knew all the rage around these ice bars, cold showers, but I hadn't hadn't taken, excuse the pun, the plunge. Mm. And I started I started with the cold showers and uh, I now still do it. So I reckon I interviewed Wim Hof eight months ago and the day after I interviewed him, I started with a 30-second one. I built it up to two minutes. I've got it, mate. And I know. just, mate, it's so freaking good. I, I am a real... So did you finish? Yeah, it. I have a normal shower, yeah, wash myself hot shower night. and then get my phone on the little shower ledge and just press 2 minutes freezing cold. Terrific. It hasn't really gotten any easier. I'm not here to yeah, sell it like yeah. it's a, it becomes a piece of piece. It's not. But I feel great. Mm. I reckon it's really good. It releases a lot of anxiety and yeah, you know, stuff like that as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean yeah. he's big on and this this was the learning. Like it's not just the cold. It's when you go into survival mode like that and you have to really focus on your breathing technique, everything else in your cluttered, messed up, anxiety head mm. disappears to make... because you go into survival well, mode. Yeah. So many of yeah. us do, you know, to varying degrees, obviously. He goes, you're in survival mode. So all you're thinking about is your breathing and how long have I got to go? And he said, it's so freeing. You know, he obviously takes it to extremes. He holds a record for the fastest barefoot snow marathon and all this ludicrous stuff that I don't think I'll ever be (laughs) going to that level. But yeah, he's been awesome. Heaps of, um, heaps of stuff on resilience, mental health. That's just been, yeah, I mean, we have some super, super smart guests. I mean, my favorite guests are the ones that they're highly intelligent, way above my pay grade, but they have an innate ability to translate it to the masses. Yeah. You know, you can get a lot of scientists type people on and sometimes they I don't understand what they're saying and I don't think they necessarily relate it to the general person. But when you get someone who's crazy smart, but they've found that way to translate it to, to the way all of us can benefit from just with one or two simple lifestyle changes, that's where it really hits home. And they're the guests that I love speaking to. Yeah.
0: And that relatability piece too. But you got to understand that you know, Wim Hof, et cetera, you're going to have down days. You're not going to do it every day. It takes time to build of these course. parts of it, which we speak about a lot. I'm going to get on the – I really am going to get on the cold showers. The last three podcasts I've done, we've spoken about it. Towards you're the really end, right. I've sort of reversed mine. I used to start – I was doing them in footy, and then as my yeah. life's gone on, I've sort of stopped. Um, oh, and that's the same. You know, you yeah. can
1: do all these things being an elite athlete that you – You take sure for granted. You say to I you take yourself, for never granted, the ice bar. Yeah. I mean, people go one of two ways, don't yeah. they? either – they feel like there's this huge void in their life, you know. You see Nick Rewald out there doing bloody 2K time trials for fun still because yeah, that's no, just too. who he is. No, and then there's that. others I go, stuff that. I'm on the golf course and I'm eating pizza. Yeah, good. Yeah.
0: Um, anything to what's, – what's next? What's next for you? Um, what's plans over the next 12 months? Do you set goals? Have you got anything? Yeah. I know yeah, oh, we've got some things in the works, but is oh, there anything else?
1: And I'd love to do some more stuff with Snares, my wife. Yeah. She's um, got so much to offer. She's been a massive part of 28 but she's just the best mum ever. And now that we've stopped having babies, every time we've, we've had the discussion, probably, and it's her thing, not my thing, but I just want to support her. We've had the discussion probably twice and then had another baby and then again and had another baby. And don't be wrong, don't regret that. Most beautiful kids ever. But we're definitely not having any more babies and-
0: Is that a, have you- uh,
1: No, the SNIP, you, yeah, we know what's next, the SNIP's next. I was going
0: to say, there's only one way uh, No, the
1: SNIP's booked in <laughs> for a fortnight away. <laughs> so that might be an appointment I don't turn up to. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the SNIP's coming and- then yeah I'd I'd love to just support SNES. She's been a massive support to me and such a big part of 28 that she's got a few really good ideas with she wants to bring out her own skincare. Love that. Uh brand and um I think that could be really successful and I'd love to sort of get behind her and then yeah 28s I don't know once you have an app it's never ending you know yeah, you can evolution. continue to evolve it there's I think the quest is how do I pers- how do I Improve the personalization of this experience. How does every single person on my app, whether there's a thousand or 50,000 people, feel like this program, this experience is understanding what they want? So, using AI, using wow. whatever, you know, like, you know, there's bots and all, all this kind of stuff to understand people's behavior and then serve them more of what they're saying they want. And then getting, even from the time they join, getting as much information off these people to understand what their personal journey needs to look like and then delivering it to them rather than these sort of cookie cutter experiences. I still, I feel like we do that better than most, but I definitely think we could be better. Awesome. Yeah. Mate, I really enjoyed today. Mate, thank you very much for having me. And again, so sorry for stopping you
0: around. I genuinely learned a lot personally and, um, can't thank you enough for your time, bro, so I really can't wait to, to continue uh, following the journey and hopefully we can stay in touch. And, yeah, you bet, mate. And share the, share, the, share the success is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, I love it. It's awesome, man. I really Jeez, appreciate bro. your time. Thanks thank for you. having me. I know you're busy man. Good on you. Good stuff. Thanks for listening to another producer podcast. If you enjoyed the show, that'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, subscribe, tap the bell, leave a review, or even share with one of your friends, or you could do them all. If you want to get in touch to share feedback, suggest a guest or advertise with one of our podcasts then email hello at producer.com. Thanks for tuning in. Illy